Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's Resistance Recap, where we are talking all about the episode entitled The New Trooper, which aired on February 10th of this year, obviously. It was directed by Stuart Lee, and it was written by Paul Giacopo. Yes, it was, and it was so good. I swear, everything just keeps getting better and better, and I really like this show. I just am surprised that I'm like a continuously being topped. Mm-hmm. Um in my expectations, I think, for the show. Everything is just so complicated. It's so funny. It's just such a joy to watch. And I am loving my Sunday morning routine of watching Resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But it's all ending so quickly. Like, doesn't it end in March? Yeah, and I'm really sad about that. But I, I'm excited to kind of reflect on the season as a whole as mm-hmm. well. I think that it's always good to do those things and maybe we'll do an episode. I haven't talked to you about this, Caitlin, but maybe we'll do an episode where we like reflect on the season as a whole, because I think it's important to do that as we have kind of just followed it episode by episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To really look back and kind of look at the entirety of the season. Yeah. Like the full picture and the themes presented and everything. I think that's would be really important. Yeah. I must say that the uh, episode title of the new trooper, I can't help but think of super trooper. (laughs) by Abba. (laughs) (laughs) And every time I see it written, I just, I start hearing a loop of the song in my head. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Sorry. No, I'm listening to it Mm -hmm. and I'm hearing it. All of you, I hope you all go and listen to some Abba, some Mamma Mia after you finish (laughs) this episode. Um, Well, uh, we announced this on our last, on the main show, uh, yesterday, two days ago when that came out. But um, we have officially been accepted to the podcast stage for Star Wars Celebration. So yay. <laughs> We're yay. really nervous, but really excited. So if you guys are going to be at Star Wars Celebration, um, we don't have our schedule yet. But once we do, we'll definitely be posting about it and talking about it on uh, both the resistance recaps here and then also on our main show. So if you guys are going to be at Celebration, we would love to see you at our live podcast stage. So definitely be sure to check that out if you're going. Yeah. And we are going to have some fun audience only giveaways, like maybe a Sky Talkers bingo sheet. Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Scratch it off your Sky Talkers bingo. And now you really can. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about that, guys. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Like maybe we will. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I got the proofs back. Maybe I didn't. Mm. Who knows? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Mm. Guess we'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) <laughs> but yes, we're really excited. Super grateful to be going. Uh, we both have purchased our plane tickets for Chicago. We've got our hotel booked. Everything is coming together and Celebration is so close. Yeah, so close. It's so like close. Caitlin and I, it's like eight weeks away, I think, oh, at gosh. this point, <laughs> which is insane. The the very fact I counted. So you know how we do a main show every other week? Oh, stop talking about this. This <laughs> I think it's crazy. We really only have four episodes left until we're at celebration of our main show. Obviously, we do our Resistance weekly shows, but those end in March. So it's just kind of it's kind of insane to me. It's I don't know. Really, Charlotte does this for like big events. She'll like do countdowns based on how many more episodes of Sky Talkers the main show we have. You did this when we went to Solo. Well, Solo was a quick turnaround. When we went to the Solo premiere, that was only like 
two weeks. But leading up to The Last Jedi, you're like, we only have four more episodes of the main show until The Last Jedi comes out. <laughs> and I don't know why, but when she when you put it in that kind of perspective, it really stresses me out. <laughs> and last night you were like, oh my God, only four more episodes until Celebration. I was like, what? No way. No freaking way. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah. It's good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Not stressed You're whatsoever. I'm happy to provide this stressful experience for you. Thanks. That's why I'm here. That is why you're good at that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into discussing this awesome episode. So in part one, we discuss our highs and lows. Part two is all about the story. And in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. All right. Welcome to part one, where we're going to be talking all about our highs and lows. And I'm pretty sure you went first last week, so I will go first this week. Okay. But my first high was Kaz and the First Order Troopers' casual conversation when they – after Kaz had, was in his trooper gear and I don't know. It was – they were falling in line and he was like, oh, yeah, I have to report my census data. I haven't done it yet, you know, and the trooper's like, oh, like you should go and do that. Like you got to get that done. It's been a long day, but like you should go and do it. I don't know. Like their tone was really casual and I, I liked hearing that when they were in like this kind of down moment. Um, mm. It wasn't all, you know, like report in, upload your census data. It was very casual, which kind of goes, I think is really feeding in well into your Stormtrooper Uprising theory for episode nine, not going to lie. And just getting more of like more knowledge about who these people are who are behind the mask. I think that this is kind of a random high for you, but I do think that it is, it's not a moment of humanity exactly, but it is a moment of like normalcy in a weird way of it's, it's kind of like bureaucratic. Like you Mm -hmm. have to do your paperwork. It's kind of funny to me because I think you're so right. I think that this episode really pointed in, in my opinion, there's a couple of things and we'll definitely talk about it kind of pointed to you know, how aggressive I'm being about the need for a stormtrooper uprising. (laughs) And I feel like um, this is a good, really good example. You're so right. Yeah, I think you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't so much, I mean, like it kind of is a moment of humanity where they're just like chatting about like what needs to be done during the work day. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it it was, it was like water cooler talk Mm. amongst colleagues. (laughs) And I don't know, I, I really, I liked that moment. Yeah. Um, My first high is I thought just in general, the tone of this episode felt really balanced. I I feel like in the past, maybe a criticism of Resistance was that it felt a little slapsticky with only one major, I don't know, anchor moment that kind of heightens the drama. I didn't feel that way at all about this episode. I thought the stakes felt really high. Um, I thought the pacing felt really right. And it's weird because I, I felt like this episode was like quote long and I don't necessarily mean that in time but I do feel like they they packed so much in that I never was bored and I wanted it to go on forever mm-hmm. and I kind of felt like I was getting like no time was wasted in the episode mm-hmm. and I don't really know how to describe that besides the fact that I think the tone and the pacing were perfect this was a really really good episode yeah everything felt necessary Um, there weren't like a whole lot of, I'll kind of talk about this with my low, but there weren't, it wasn't like, I felt like they dropped this thread or they should have expanded on this more. There wasn't really a whole lot of that Mm. in this episode. So I think that really goes into what you're saying. And there was like a lot going on, but in some of our other episodes that have gone by really fast with a lot of action, 
where there wasn't like as much character building as there was like action scenes. I don't know. I think you're right. Like it was really balanced like between what Kaz and Tam and Nico and all of them were talking about and then actually doing in the episode. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, it felt really good. Um, my second high was the whole brain scrape reference about Stormtroopers because if you guys listen to our main show, um, back on our FN2187 show, we were talking about we were talking about Finn, obviously, and um, <laughs> on, our, on our Finn episode, <laughs> when we were talking about Finn, crazy coincidence, <laughs> I know, but uh, on that episode, we were talking about the line that Finn says, how he was taken from a family he's never known, and kind of speculating about if, okay – does it that mean that he was like a baby when he was taking or when he was older and maybe like his memories were taken from him um, and he like was brainwashed effectively to forget about his family? And then in this episode, they talk about that trooper being brain scraped and like reset basically and I, I freaked out. <laughs> I, was I think like, – Oh my god. <laughs> We do know that Finn – they have, like, a childhood photo that flashes in The Force Awakens of Finn as, like, a young boy. I think mm-hmm. he, he looks like he could be anywhere from, like, three to six, I think, in that holo- hologram. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that this was, like, evidence that not everything is perhaps taken from birth. They can yeah. – ha- they have this technology to brain wipe and retrain um, stormtroopers, which is just terrifying. Oh, it's really scary, but I'm super excited that maybe my speculation was correct. Yeah, but yeah, but the way <laughs> they talk, <laughs> <laughs> the way they talk about it though, a brain scrape. Oh, it just it sounds awful. You know, it sounds painful and you know, like morally awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the like the word brain scrape is just it's, it's a it was a good word choice for what they're doing. Yeah, it's super gross. Yeah. I my second high was I love this now we have a recurring joke in resistance of um the and I get I don't remember the creature's name but I think it's the opeep I think that's what it's called but the janitorial creature who um had his uh floor scrubber <laughs> taken from him by the stormtroopers and I I think it's so funny I guess in the last episode Dave Filoni voiced him which I think is hilarious and now we have him again um <laughs> cleaning the floors and Kaz saying, you know, it would be so much easier if you had your floor your floor scrubber. <laughs> he's he's just kind of resigned. I loved it. And he just like scrubs harder. <laughs> like, yeah. So I wonder like what what's the next piece of this funny story that we're gonna see with this. Will creature? he ever will he ever get back his floor vacuum? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> well, I hope so. I know. And if he does, it's gonna be so happy. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad. Or it's gonna he- be immediately taken from him again. <laughs> <laughs> or he'll see it and he'll go to reach for it and then, like, Kaz will come running by and just, like, grab it <laughs> for some mission he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Or or the full scrubber plays a huge crucial part in, <laughs> in like, the retaking back the Colossus when the First Order takes over. Oh, you, you laugh, but you know it could possibly oh, happen. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. <laughs> You're like, oh, OP, OP, peep, like, it was used for the greater good. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> He'll just be so, so sad. And maybe, maybe then the whole series will end with them like gifting him a brand new floor scrubber. Oh my God, with a big red bow. Adorable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it so was, cartoony. Yeah. I love that. It was really funny. I laughed out loud at that part. Um, yeah. My only low, and it's not even a low, is that I wanted more Tam. I thought she was really great in this episode. 
But again, I don't think like any time was wasted. There's nothing I would have cut out of this episode. It's just like in general, I want more Tam. But I really, really love this episode. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's a couple of moments where Tam's voice and perspective could have been used. I think that there's like about four minutes, which sounds really small, but it's pretty big in a 22-minute runtime, Mm -hmm. um, where she's with them, but she doesn't really say anything. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was kind of wasted space. Um, But I did really appreciate her comment, which we'll talk about, about the First Order and the Empire and her past. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, Okay. So I have no lows. Sorry. It's a great Mm -hmm. episode. Charlotte Charlotte literally (laughs) wrote in our show notes, none, bye, (laughs) in all caps. (laughs) That's that's the vibe. That's the vibe. That's the vibe that resistance is giving us these days. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to story. All right. So welcome to part two, where we discuss the story and the themes. Um. So, but we always start with the question: What's the state of the first order, and what's the state of the resistance? Caitlin, would you like to answer, or would you want me to answer? Since I, think I you feel should. like you always answer. <laughs> yeah, I like how you say that. I feel like you always answer first, even though we definitely had like a 10-minute conversation last week about how I do, in fact, always answer first. <laughs> Charles, like, Okay, I'll answer. Hmm, feels like you answer first. Wonder why. <laughs> so yeah. Charlotte, what's the state of the First Order? So the state of the First Order is they have completely taken over and they're like four steps ahead of everything on the Colossus. They are bringing in more troops. They um, are using it for an undisclosed reason that's not, that's definitely not why they're there to protect from the pirates. Um, I think they're using it as an excuse. They're, They're using the excuse of Kaz helping Sonara or Kaz, they don't know it's Kaz, helping Sonara um to stay there but that's the weakest excuse i've ever heard and clearly they're there for as um eager says at the end potentially a fuel stop as they look on that um map which Mm -hmm. i do think it's i have to comment it's really funny we have spent episodes upon episodes you know discussing and theorizing why the first order cares about the colossus and they revealed this end clip (laughs) On Twitter, like four days ago, <laughs> and just like straight up said that <sighs> they could possibly be used for fuel. And I thought it was so funny. But my comment about that is it's not just for fuel. I don't think it mm-hmm. is, at least. I There's really definitely hope, something more. I really more. hope not. But <laughs> what's funny is we had a couple people tweet us that were like, Sky Talkers is always asking this question. And then they just straight up gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I, I, of course, like with our crazy speculation goggles, we like to go down crazy rabbit holes. And I definitely think there's a pot. I, I still really want there to be something else that's on the Colossus that they're going after. Or maybe like maybe Kylo Ren and Snoke are going after, but the rest of the First Order doesn't really even know is there. You know what I mean? Um, but mm-hmm. at the same time, that's kind of one of the one of. The resistance is strength and that it is so practical. And so maybe it really is just this highly practical, highly strategic reason that they need the Colossus. And I think that could totally be like why they need it. And that I think that works within the world that resistance has built up. Yeah. And it works within Star Wars too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we've talked about before on the show about how there's so many Star Wars stories now that are wrapped up in the need for fuel. Um, Solo was, The Last Jedi was, it is all about fuel and getting fuel. So, of course, the Colossus would be important in acquiring that. However, I want to mention this. 
because someone on Reddit pointed out that potentially the Colossus is a sunken ship. And I thought this was really interesting because this is on the Star Wars website. I wouldn't have mentioned it if it was a rumor. Um, I just I, I feel like it is important to mention because it's like part of the databank on StarWars.com. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means. If the Colossus used to be an Empire facility, right? An Imperial facility. Yeah. And if it is a sunken ship, like a, sun- a sunken starship, um, what does that mean next? Like, it is is does the Colossus want it because of its artifact, like the, the fact that it's like a relic? It's weird. I feel like there's a couple of different ways that this could go. Did and I could just be forgetting what was said in the episode or prior. I know we'll talk about this later on about the First Order bringing up Doza's Empire service. But did they say that Doza was serving the Empire on the Colossus? I don't think they said that. Is but that- I think that you can make that kind of bridge given the fact that he has the uniform. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying like was – has Jota always been on the Colossus? Like was the Colossus an, MP- an Imperial fueling station or an Imperial base or maybe like Jota just went there after he was done doing whatever it was he was doing? Um, yeah, and and I feel like I, I, I bring up that maybe – Doza's ship is the sunken one and now he's just remained, which I think is kind of a bizarre way to think about it, but I don't think it's necessarily off limits given what is on the Star Wars website. So the Colossus was sunk and then they brought it up? More like um it's like a the tip of an iceberg, right? So there's like all this stuff uh, in the bottom that's underwater. that's underwater. So like the top I and think- the high tower is like honestly the like the tippy top of like the end of uh, yeah. a Star okay, Destroyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. That would be interesting how they would like work that since that's not – I think that is a really good theory slash there was at least some concept art of it on StarWars.com. But one that no one else really knows about this unless the turtles do and unless Niku does too. Niku might. Niku might for better or worse. Um <laughs> But we ha- we have like gone more underwater lately, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like especially with Sonara in the last episode. But I guess I'm thinking about since no one else has really talked about this aspect of the Colossus, but we know that they have scavengers who are going around the exterior of the ocean. Which again, like if there are sunken things out there, that makes you think, okay, why? Like maybe there was some kind of battle going up on above water. Well, yeah, it's at it's some just point. the same as the Battle of Jakku and Ray yeah, scavenging the, water. the Imperial starships on Jakku, but it's just with water. Yeah, it seems strange that they would have all these scavengers out there working that don't realize or talk about the whole other like piece of the Colossus that's underwater too. Right. I, th- I think that. If it is a sunken and working ship, um, it would be a really cool reveal to see it move and mm-hmm. kind of come above ground. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be super awesome. I could see them doing a really good job with that. Yeah, I just hope there's something like super trippy on board. I too. think there's going to be. I think that even the art so. style of this show kind of welcomes that's what you say, like super trippy, super surprising. It it just to me like these things go hand in hand, and maybe that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, but I feel like it's not, it, and I don't think it can be that straightforward. I hope not, but then at the same time, I'm like, well, resistance. Yeah, if it is, all right, like, kind of, sure. <laughs> like yeah. me, I'll take whatever you give me. Star Wars. That's kind of the that's kind of the vibe. <laughs> that's the vibe. I really want something trippy, but 
I think it works too if it if it is just super practical because we do have like all the complexities with like the politics and the relationships mm-hmm. and the secrets. So that all is kind of a lot more dense on the on in the show resistance than I think really in any of our other shows, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um so that could be where they're like that could be where the I guess uniqueness is. Whereas with like Clone Wars and Rebels, we of course had like the force element that was going on that you never knew what kind of curveball you were getting. Yeah. Um, but I, I I do really hope that somehow it's tied in and, and we get to bring up the last Jedi novelization again with that line from Snoke where he's like, I went I went looking for long forgotten and oh, I forget how he calls it, but like long forgotten and abandoned planets. Mm-hmm for force artifacts or whatever it is he was looking for and knowledge out there. And I hope the Colossus is a piece of it that. It could be. Who knows? I hope so. Because we got to bring up the last Jedi novelization more. <laughs> always. So, always. <laughs> so, all right, let's talk about Tam and Jaeger's conversation a little bit. Um, I thought it was really interesting because we talked in the last episode about how we were like, oh, I wish we had kind of spent more time with Tam to like hear why she has this point of view about the First Order being good. And then this episode definitely delivered on that point of her discussing how her grandfather, Sir, was it her father or her grandfather? I think it was her grandfather. I think it was her grandfather too, served the empire and he did it. I, I really liked how defensive she got. She was like, he did it to put food on the table. Like, does that make him a bad person? Like he was just trying to support his family. Um, it was like, it was definitely giving me some Lost Stars vibes. Yeah, I think that Lost Stars, if you guys haven't read that book, highly recommend it. It definitely lays the groundwork for um, are both these sides evil are both these sides good and just Mm -hmm. because you work for one side does that make you a good person or does that make you a bad person um and lost stars is really all about those individual choices and i think that i can't believe that they kind of went there with this show i mean i can it's star wars they do amazing stuff but the fact that they have a character like tam um say these things that this thing it's it it was I'm so glad they're laying this groundwork and and doing the work that makes us dub, like question is it are, are things really black and white um which they totally could have in this children's show. Yeah, I I just I love this component of her character and her history and again it's just bringing us back to all of these many many layers that are all condensed onto the colossus of like Jaeger being a rebellion pilot, but now he's working with this girl, Tam, whose grandfather was a part of the Empire, and so was Doza. Now you have Kaz, who is in the Resistance, but Kaz's father is on Hosnian Prime, and we still don't really know what his his like relations are politically. Um, there's just like so much going on, and, and even within like one family, there's a lot of layers and allegiances, which – I'm just saying, but kind of mirrors our Skywalkers as well. Of course course it does, because it's a major theme in Star Wars. It's just because you belong to a certain organization or you're defined by some history, it doesn't matter. What matters are your individual choices. Mm -hmm. And I I really loved that. I, I, I keep going back to that line from Tam because I don't think her grandfather was a bad person because 
that's the only work that he, he could get. I'm sure her planet was mm-hmm. completely ta- completely taken over by Imperials and that was all he could do. Yeah, but it was um, – I liked the tension between Tam and Jaeger because Jaeger kind of suggests that. He's like, yeah, that's what the First Order does. Like they like they basically like use and manipulate people. And the vibe from t- – we've been saying vibe a lot on this episode. Yeah, we need to stop. Um, <laughs> we need, we're going to stop, listeners. That's the vibe is that we're going to stop <laughs> saying vibe. Um but Tam kind of pushes back and she's a little offended, which I totally get of like, well, why would you say that like my grandfather was manipulated? Like he was like he was my grandfather. I'm sure she had like a strong relationship with him or some kind of relationship with him. And it would be really hard to think that he was just being manipulated through all of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like no one wants to think that about their family. And she that's when she ends the conversation. And, you know, she says, all I know is once again, you're taking Kaz's side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have this like thread of – Tam being annoyed at Jaeger taking Kaz's side that has kind of been woven in the background throughout this entire first season and it's like finally starting to come to a head more and I'm just curious about what's going to happen and in what situation it's all going to implode. Yeah, me too and it definitely will and it it will but again I feel like I'm where I'm open to being surprised by Tam and maybe she wouldn't be mm-hmm. annoyed at this at all if she found out the truth behind Kaz's, you know, mission and everything. Do we think that Tam is like anti first order now by the end of the episode? I think so. I think that that was the like the theme of this episode and that's why she went along on this journey was mm-hmm. she already had that connection to the children the from Tehar and then hearing their full story essentially I think that she was able to grasp it a little bit more. She just needed to get that, yeah. you know, firsthand understanding. Yeah. But I'm mean, kind of going back to the Lost Stars comparison. There is this great, like, heroes on both sides kind of mentality that not everything is black and white. And that was a big piece of Lost Stars. And then to have that theme and idea kind of brought up from a couple different angles in this episode of Resistance from like the the quote-unquote humanity and like water cooler talk mm-hmm. with the First Order troopers and Kaz and then what Tam was saying about her grandfather. I just think it's really interesting kind of like these bigger overarching themes like the fuel one that I think is such an important one that you brought up about like this need for fuel that we've seen in a lot of different Star Wars properties since the Disney acquisition and now this idea too of like a different side to someone's story that has come up a lot as well since the Disney acquisition. And like Lost Stars was kind of the first piece of that. And then to have that with Finn in such a big way and now here in Resistance too, um, I think it's definitely pointing towards something happening in episode nine. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So are we ready to move on to part three? Yes. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right, welcome to part three where we're talking all about the characters. And let's start with our fave, Kaz. Kaz, he did a good spy thing this week. (laughs) I know, and we didn't get to talk about this in our story section, but I'm glad we're going to talk about it here because I think Kaz did the most Star Wars-y thing ever, which Mm -hmm. is go undercover in a Stormtrooper outfit. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I feel like it is so quintessential Star Wars at this it point is. that it just it felt so right. Yeah. And it was so funny to see him walk in the I, he's he's his animation is just hilarious to me. So I think people online have referred to him as like noodly, but um I, I think that him even just adjusting to the the um the armor was hilarious. 
in a way, this was like his baptism into like real spying mm-hmm. because he had to go undercover. He had to find out this information. And I loved how excited he was when he got onto the ship. And he was like, wow, I'm like really here. I can't believe this. <laughs> It was so great. He he knows that he's doing a good thing. Well, I loved we we um kind of discussing this whole trajectory of Kaz's character through the season of him like opening his eyes, blah blah, blah like a like a broken record on this front of him really opening his eyes to what the first order is doing. Um, we're not completely there yet. <laughs> it's coming, <laughs> but we're getting like more and more steps towards it. And this was a big piece of that, I think, because Kaz from the beginning has just like blanketly hated the first order, and Tam mm-hmm. was the first person who was like. Well, why? They're protecting us. And Kaz, like, kind of has a good answer, but he doesn't really understand the full scope of what they're doing. And I think that's part of the point, too. Like, one, no one really understands the full scope of what they're doing yet. That's why they have someone like Kaz on board the Colossus. But Kaz is so young and naive in a lot of ways that he's, like, kind of mirroring what the resistance is going through as well, I think. Um, But this episode was so great because not only was he still so – What's the word when he was talking? I loved when he, after Tam like stormed off and was so upset, Kaz wasn't even concerned about Tam. He was still just like so self-righteous in his frustration that he's like scooting his chair angrily closer to Jaeger. Uh-huh. And it's like, listen, I'm a spy. <laughs> we got to figure out what they're doing. Well, I actually really liked that moment because I, I, I know you like it, but I thought that and maybe it wasn't that moment, I'm misremembering, but if it was, I found that moment where he was like, I'm the resistance sent me here to spy on the first order. And now the first order is here. And mm-hmm. I, I thought that oh, I, I, that moment happened. And I was like, man, I feel like he in this moment is pretty scared. And I thought, does he think that he at all could have possibly like is he failing his mission are, are, are those things kind of going through his head and I wonder if they are because I think his um communications with the resistance are so small and it isn't until this episode that he actually gets like a huge chunk of information to mm-hmm. report back to the resistance and I think that his like almost afraidness to fail kind of helped him retrieve that information at this point i think that there was this sense of finality that had to come to him like finally right i don't know if it's fear of failure or at least i don't think that's something the show has really delved into with Mm -hmm. kaz definitely worry i think i don't know about fear of failure as a spy i don't know if that's how i would define it but yeah, I think you're right that it's like – I think that's what you said about the communications component of it, the fact that he can't do communications with the resistance right now because the First Order is there. And not only that, but he doesn't really know what they're doing. And so to risk having some communication with the First Order, like he needs to make sure he knows what he's talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought he did such a great job this episode of like he saw the opportunity – to like go undercover and he just immediately went for it there was no hesitation and that's something that we really love about Kaz's character is is even though he has a lot of blunders because people just kind of throw him into situations and leave um he always gives it 100% and this episode was one such a good example of that but also two of how much he has grown and the fact that he was able to pretty successfully pull off that mission um, and end up with some really valuable information. 
Yeah, I think that my kind of diagnosis of him as being afraid to fail just as kind of an armchair diagnosis and understanding of him, but it's a little bit of like a headcanon. Yeah. But I do like that idea that he is kind of paranoid about getting the mission done, I think. I think we'll see – well, again, they haven't really mentioned the spy, like the First Order spy in a while. Yeah. It, it's it, been – you know, we're not a thing. on the First Order. It's not a thing. I swear it's not a thing. <laughs> I mean, I'm still on board. This is like my Ray Kenobi theory. You know what I mean? Like, I loved it to pieces, but I was pretty – I knew it wasn't going to happen. Like, I feel <laughs> like I feel that way about my NICU as the First Order spy theory, but I'm still going to go hard for it. Um, which, in the vein of my NICU as the First Order spy theory, I think it's very telling that Nico was always the one to knock out the First Order stormtrooper because, like, he knew if that guy came up groggy, didn't know where he was, he could blow Niku's cover. Nico was savage. So Nico was in like, I got to take care of this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes Nico just appears and he is just, he's just ready to take down the First Order. It is so funny to I me. I know. And, and even Kaz, he was like, don't worry, Nico will take care of it. <laughs> he, he gets it now. He's seen, he's seen the savagery in action. He has. He definitely has. I loved Nico's line after Kaz that he was going to dress up as the First Order. And he was like, that is a very good idea, but a very stupid idea. Good luck, Kaz. <laughs> it was really uh, great. And then when and then when <laughs> Kaz was back to getting the ball, and he's like, oh, my God, what do I do? And then Niku just appears. He's like, hello, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> just so, so nonchalant great. it was really funny um i think that this this fear component that you're talking about with kaz i think it i think we'll see it before the season is up because mm-hmm. he's been very um not quite I, I don't know if i would describe kaz as confident i think he's definitely growing in his confidence um mm-hmm. he's definitely very ambitious in what he tries to do and courageous i definitely think he's brave um but i think you know, there's still that naivete and that immaturity with him um, mm-hmm. that just comes because we're still in season one of his journey. Uh, but I think we'll see that fear coming up before the season is out. Well, I think that's why I think that, you know, his initial mission of finding one singular spy is kind of part of his journey in that him realizing that it's not just about one person, but it's about like the whole galaxy, essentially, mm-hmm. or the whole Colossus is is the journey to me and that's kind of why I don't think there's a spy um but I'm still like I still like the the mystery you know sense uh the sense of like it's a caper where mm-hmm. you're going to find out who the spy is I still very much enjoy that but I just wouldn't be surprised if they went that road because it does reflect his journey of understanding what his purpose is mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I think you're right. They, we've definitely kind of dropped that caper aspect of it the mm-hmm. past, you know, half of what we've seen so far, but it could come back up again. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm excited for everyone to kind of see the bigger picture of what's happening throughout the galaxy right now um, and that it's not just the Colossus being affected in big ways. And, and we're getting pieces of that, but I think – I'm really looking forward to when we get to see more and more of that. Yeah. On an individual level, I just thought about the fact that we haven't heard from the aces in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're not happy And because I, I feel like they haven't really been racing, right? And who I'm sure are, they're again, not happy about that. Who are the aces? I know. I know. We never – I don't think we've heard that Russian one's name on screen yet. <laughs> True. <laughs> but I, I feel like maybe in the next episode we'll get a, 
a little bit of a gripe from them, mm-hmm. the, the fact that the first order is here. And we should probably just pump the brakes a little bit about our annoyance with the lack of knowing anything about the aces. I think I think we'll end up with the aces at Aunt Z's because the First Order have taken over their own lounges, and that's what they'll be annoyed about. <laughs> yes. Yes, I want that, actually. Because, <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> so I have a question, and it's about the Stormtrooper that they knocked out. Mm-hmm. The CS515, who is voiced by Steve Bloom, I which I thought was great. I didn't know this. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Steve Bloom was the voice of Zeb in Rebels. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But I am wondering, should we feel remorse for the fact that they really beat up this guy? I mean, like they knocked him out like four separate times. By the end of it, he has like he has like brain damage. Right. And. It is. It's not necessarily played for laughs, but no, I I don't think he has brain damage from what like Kaz and Niku were doing to him. He will have. I think you feel remorse or bad for him. I don't know if remorse is the right word, but bad for him about what the First Order is going to do to him. Yeah, not so much what Kaz and Niku and Tam did to him. I think that it was. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Every time they hit him over the head with a wrench, I was like, oh, my God. Poor I mean, guy. People get hit over the head all the time in Star Wars. It's yeah, like but I think that – I think you are supposed to feel remorse for him because you see everything that he goes through. And then when he's basically thrown back to the First Order, you, you're right. Like, you, you finally understand that, well, they're going to brain scrape him. He's going to start from zero – and they think he's crazy and he's always going to be labeled as someone who, you know, fell off the programming wagon, essentially. Right. How many people do they do that to? It doesn't sound like it's a new thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, so it's like even I think about those troopers in The Last Jedi in the deleted scenes that kind of doubted Phasma in that moment when Finn was saying all those things that, that's deleted and not necessarily canon, but would would Phasma have brain scraped those those people and how they have these these troopers have to get away so they, they don't have to go through this reconditioning. It's awful. And it, I think that this was such a like uh, such a big moment. Yeah, the tonal shift between because we see people get knocked out all the time in Star Wars mm-hmm. that it is fairly comedic at this point um and i think it's meant to be lighthearted because i mean comparatively to like blasters (laughs) um knocking someone over the head is it seems less lesser bad less bad um but there is this like really strange juxtaposition between and it's not like kazaniku didn't do that purposefully you know what i mean like they just wanted the guy out of the way. They didn't know that this like thing was going to be happening to him after they brought him back to the first order. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't. That was that wasn't intentional on their part, but it's still an effect of what happened. Um, but it's not. I don't think. I don't think that piece of it will ever be brought up again. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, at least I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I guess I could be really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, yeah, poor guy. It was kind of, I mean, I think it's still supposed to be like comedic because even as they're taking him away, he's like, where's my little green friend? <laughs> that was great. You know, I, does that feed into your Niku theory at all? Um, I don't know. I mean, 
I guess I could, like, really make it into my Niku theory, but I think it would have been better if, like, some other trooper had been like, shh, like, don't talk about him (laughs) or something like that to suggest that maybe they know him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, But we didn't really see that. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Okay, anything else to talk about in our character section? Um. I think it was good to see the children from Tehar again. I like how they've come up a little bit more. I was – when they were being attacked – not attacked, but trying to be taken by the trooper at the mm-hmm. start of the episode, I totally expected the one of them to do, like, something with the Force. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because um, I remember I looked away for a second, and when the trooper was like, what the – like, he sounded surprised, I, I reround because I was certain that maybe they had tripped him or something with the Force, but really they had just been, like, throwing – fish at him um but i totally expected something like that to happen because uh, we know that they are from like a, a force sensitive ish planet do we know that i think we there's like something they talked about there being something on their planet um like everyone was well killed. they said that they didn't know what was happening on their planet and why the first order cared but the only thing that um was kind of a red flag for maybe the the girl. I think her name was Ayla, mm-hmm. um, Aliyah, something like that. I I feel like she um, had those like premonition dreams. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, the premonition dreams. So it's not it's not the planet. It's like her specifically. She has dreams, which are like probably force sensitive. That's the only place we've ever seen them in Star Wars. Yeah. So anyway, I was expecting something like that to come up, but maybe it'll come up later, um, or maybe it's just not important. In the grand yeah. things, I didn't. I didn't expect that. I expected them actually to be taken, hmm. and I thought it was kind of adorable how they ran to Kaz and they were like, "Help us, please!" Yeah. Just, and they were like so embarrassed. Could you just follow us for just a real quick sec? <laughs> <laughs> and when they revealed the door, they knocked out a trooper. It was so funny. <laughs> it was that real moment where, as an adult, you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> they have a body in a closet." <laughs> Oh my god, the moment when <laughs> Niku has see what is his name, the trooper C5 CS515 on top of BBA and they're pulling him like a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It was great. Another great droid moment was um I think it's BB9E. Yes. So the whole funny argument. <laughs> So didn't you you tweeted something about how Does any Kaz and, unit respect Kaz? No, and no. no. <laughs> but that's exactly how I expected BB Nine to act. Yeah, I love it. Was so great when he appeared. Kaz and I both were like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> and I loved when Kaz was like, "You want your head back? <laughs> Go get your head." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. There was another moment too when they're all together, Kaz, Tam, Niku, and BB8. And BB8 says something like, "He, I guess he says something to the effect of like, I told you we couldn't trust them. We're like, here we go again. And Tam was like, I know, BB8, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Bucket also, Bucket and BB8 also had a really cute moment in this episode. I did. Where, more Bucket. I know, right? Because I think Bucket is. I'm kind of sad when I look at Bucket. And I, I yeah, I just I feel like he is, you know, bare bones, like he's so scrappy and I want to know his story. But I loved when his helmet flew off and BB-8 caught it and then just threw it back on his head and it was perfect. It was so cute. I was like droids are helping each other. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Droid rights. Droid rights. <laughs> L3 would be proud. Exactly. I was like, wow, this is such a good moment. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to say about the new Super Trooper? No, I don't. I have nothing else I want to say. Reminding about. all of you to go and listen to ABBA and Resistance. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's episode. Um, if you want to follow us online, you know where to find us. We're on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or on our personal handles at Caitlin Plusher or at Clarity. You can also find us on iTunes. And if you want to leave us a five-star review, our show and us would really appreciate it. Yes, and I want to thank our amazing patrons, Jason, Amy, Joanna, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Tracy, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Megan, Kate, Ewan, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Catherine, Manny, Ira Bell, David, Claudia, Kate, Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpa Raru, Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.